You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. It's November 28th, and we're talking some Twins baseball as we bring in Twins reporter for MLB.com, Rhett Bollinger. Rhett, thanks as always for taking the time. And right now, after Thanksgiving, kind of the calm before the storm in the offseason, the winter meeting's a couple weeks away, but Shohei Otani is on everyone's minds, and including Vice President, Senior Vice President and GM of the Twins, Thad Levine. He said Sunday the team is making Otani a top priority. Um, is that a little bit of grandstanding, or is Minnesota really going after Otani as hard as anyone? I think at this point they're definitely going to go after him as hard as anyone. I do think they have the, the um, bonus pool money. You know, I think they're the third most in the majors to offer him. They also just got some money freed up as well because when their top uh, shortstop prospects didn't, uh, he failed his physical, um, so they're able to get some money back from that as well. I do think they're going to try their best to try to convince him to come to Minnesota. What actually happened? It's still very, very unlikely. You got to figure he's going to go to a bigger market. You know, I'm sure the Yankees and the Dodgers, those type of teams, uh, are going to go hard after him as well. But um, they're doing their due diligence. They, they've worked closely with uh, his agency. They are coming up with a pitch. And uh, you know, I know that his agency kind of had a thing there where every team that was interested in him uh, was required to send in, you know, kind of a pitch. And I think the Twins were certainly uh, willing and able to do that. Uh, Thad Levine did say it's a priority for them, uh, you know, to try to do what they can to try to get him because I think every team in baseball. Would love to have Otani, especially uh, with the new, you know, with the, with the rules here. You can get him for a, a real bargain here uh, compared to what you get on the open market. So I do think the Twins are trying their best to try to sign him. Will it happen? Uh, it's very unlikely, um, but they are serious. It's just a matter of, of Otani's preferences. Yeah, the cost you mentioned. I mean, that's certainly a, a point that I think appeals to a lot of GMs is that you wouldn't have to pay a lot in, in that posting cost. Uh, just wondering your take too, Red. Ever concern in a type of situation? I guess because you're not investing as much money, say, as in the past with Daisuke Matsuzaka with the Red Sox, but still, there's concern about a player adjusting, coming from Japan with high expectations and. This whole off season seems to be about Stan and Otani so far. Um, just wondering your thoughts overall with a player coming over. Dice K had an up and down career with the Red Sox, but a concern for teams with a young player, twenty three years old, and adjusting not only on the field but off the field with those high expectations. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be tough for Otani. Like you said, the expectations are going to be huge this year. Uh, you know, he's he's definitely the kind of the most talked about guy. Um, I think the big thing with him too is just the fact that he's a two way player. You know, he has. Uh, you know, a fastball that can reach over 100 miles per hour uh, to go along with uh, a pretty impressive set of, uh, you know, collection in terms of, of tools with his power, and he's got decent speed. He can hit for average in Japan. Um, so really, he's Japan's best player both ways. He's the best hitter in Japan, and he's the best, you know, pitcher in Japan. So that's kind of more interesting thing to me is what, what's, gonna, what's he going to do in the major leagues? Is there going to be a team that's going to be willing to sign him to have him play both ways, or is he going to have to pick one or the other? Um, and I'm curious to see what the Twins' plan, you know, kind of entails. Will the Twins be willing to let him, you know, pitch and then DH on days when he doesn't pitch? And the big thing, too, is that, you know, how do you stay healthy that way? We've never seen anyone ever do before. Can you pitch every five days and then DH and stay healthy and stay in your routine and throw bullpens? Or are you more likely to be a reliever slash, you know, position player? So there's a lot of things at stake in terms of just how, how are they going to do this? Or is he just going to be a traditional pitcher or traditional hitter? Uh, there's just so many different options. I think that's going to be kind of the thing with him. 
I think whatever team has the best plan for him and the best fit for him is where he's going to end up. So, um, but yeah, the pressure is there, and the Twins have had some uh, tough luck in the past with some players from uh, from Asia. It's hard to lump them all in together because it's all different circumstances and different situations. But uh, Nishioka did not work out for the Twins, and we, you know, Byung Ho Park just went back to Korea as well, and he was the best hitter in Korea before he came over, and that didn't really work out. But same thing, totally different circumstance. Otani really is, you know, the top guy they've talked about for a long time now. He's very young, but you never know what you're going to get. And if it's anything more than anything, you're not really sure where he's going to play at this point. Yeah, absolutely. And you just read my mind right there, right, as I wanted to transition over to Byung-Ho Park a little bit too. And I think that's, yeah, that's an example where it didn't work out as planned. He came over from South Korea and two-time MVP over there, as you just alluded to, and didn't quite meet the Twins' expectations. And now... You just wrote about this in the last few days. It seems Park is going to be heading back to South Korea. Is that right? Yes, exactly. It hasn't happened yet. Twins are still working that out because he's technically still owed, you know, six and a half million dollars over the next two years. Um, there were some reports in Korea saying that he's going to walk away from that. That's not quite true yet. That's still kind of getting worked out. Um, but the deal, at least according to Korea, is he'd go back to his former team, the Nexon Heroes, and play there for one point four million. Um, which is less than he get paid here. So I do think there's some stuff to work out, some loopholes. But, yeah, as you said, it just didn't really go well. You know, he was two-time MVP there, hit 105 home runs combined over his last two seasons in Korea. Twins thought that power would translate. And the power was there to a certain degree. Even that first year, I think he had 12 home runs, uh, including some, you know, really impressive home runs in terms of distance and trajectory. But it just wasn't consistent enough. And, the, you know, I think the high-velocity fastballs kind of ate him up a little bit and the breaking balls as well. Never really put up too good of numbers in AAA, um, but also some bad luck. You know, he had a wrist injury that kind of sapped his power his first season there. And then last year, I think just the whole, I think mentally it was tough for him, not making the team out of spring training, being taken off the roster. So a lot of things didn't go his way. I think could have went his way, but uh, I think he'll go back there and do a good job because, like I said, he was the best hitter in Korea before he left. Um, so, yeah, I think he'll be more comfortable back home. Uh, it's just too bad for his own sake that it didn't work. And for the Twins, of course, uh, they didn't work out there in the major leagues. Absolutely. We're talking with Red Bollinger of MLB.com. And, Red, if, if Otani doesn't work out, or even if he does, and he came to Minnesota, what else is Thad Levine looking at here as the winter meetings are a couple weeks away? We've seen Jake Arietta's name, Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn, all linked to the Twins. They're all just rumors at this point, but it's kind of fun to speculate and see who could potentially be in the rotation for Minnesota next year. Would the price tag be too high on those guys I just mentioned, though? Uh, would that be a problem? I think those guys might be okay. I mean, maybe Arietta might be too much. And then even, uh, you know, Levine did talk about Darvish being a priority as well. You know, I know some people have talked about in the past, like kind of a Darvish-Otani two-for-one package in a sense. That could kind of entice Otani to come over and be having Darvish on the roster. Um, but I think Darvish might be a little bit out of the Twins' price range and maybe Arietta as well. Um, but I do think that, that Lynn or Cobb would make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, guys that are coming off injuries, both of them had Tommy John surgery, might lower their price tags a little bit. But they're both guys before the injuries that were very durable um, and added a lot of innings and, and a lot of value. So I do think both those guys would be right within their, their budget. Um, they're going to go hard off their starting pitcher for sure. I think their, their priority right now is to sign a, a starting pitcher or at least trade for one or sign for one uh, as their first thing in, in free agency, or sorry, the first thing in the offseason and from there. Uh, but kind of, uh, you know, add some pieces to the bullpen, potentially a right-handed bat. But I do think more than anything, uh, getting a starting pitcher, and especially early in the offseason, is, 
is the goal of the front office right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they would love it if Johan Santana maybe could uh, come back the way he used to pitch, as dominant as he was, and uh, we'll just transition over to Santana for a second as the Hall of Fame battle is out and Santana is on it. He had several dominant seasons with the Twins, won the Cy Young twice with Minnesota. Uh, is there a case to be made for Santana in the Hall of Fame, or was it just a, is it a case of longevity where he just wasn't dominant for long enough? It's probably a case of longevity. You know, at his peak, he was an incredible pitcher, the two Cy Young Awards, maybe even had a case for a third one. Uh, in his little four- to five-year peak, there was really you know, nobody better in the American League. He's you know, one of the better uh, you know, peaks of anybody, really, in the history of baseball. I mean, he really was incredible with that changeup. Um, but I think longevity hurts him overall. He pitched parts of 12 seasons. You know, when he went to the Mets, had those injury concerns late in his career and had the shoulder problems and some of the, uh, I think, Achilles problem. And it cut his, his career short there. Uh, I know he tried to come back there with the Orioles, a couple other teams, just didn't work out. So, um, but incredible career. I'm, I'm hoping that he at least stays on the ballot. Uh, I guess five percent because I do think he at least has a case because of his peak. But I do think overall, in general, uh, just not having the longevity. And because there's such a crowded Hall of Fame ballot, you can make a strong case probably for 14, 15 guys in that ballot that he might just kind of get pushed off a bit in that sense. But, um, but at his peak, Twins fans know that there's really nobody better at that time, and uh, it was certainly fun to watch. And uh, it deserves some consideration, but I do think overall it's not enough, uh, not, not enough time in the majors. Yeah, one guy who seems like he, he should be a shoe-in, uh, Jim Tomey, who played with the Twins, played with a lot of teams, but with the Twins uh, for a couple seasons. In 2011, hit his 600th career homer with Minnesota. Uh, in your mind, uh, is, he, is he a first ballot Hall of Famer? I would think so, but like I said, such a, such a busy, you know, crowded box, it's just hard to know how it's going to go. Uh, but a guy that has 600 home runs and have as much power as he did, and to be as well liked as he was too. You know, he was a great leader, a great teammate, uh, great to the media. That always can help you too, and kind of put you over the top sometimes. But you'd hope that 600 home runs would be a, enough a reason to put him in the Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, he hit number 600 with the Twins in 2011, very memorably uh, in Detroit. Hit two home runs that night to get to 600, and had his whole family there, uh, and pretty, uh, pretty amazing milestone to get to. So, uh, Twins fans remember him fondly. He was only there for a year and a half. It was part of uh, you know the last couple of the twin teams that were good before their little lull. Uh, they hit there, you know, the playoff team in 2010 in his first year with Minnesota and had a couple of memorable home runs there as well. So uh, he had a great career. I do think he'll get a lot more consideration than Santana, but it's hard to know exactly how it'll go in that first year. Absolutely right. And before we let you go, just one more thing. In, in the offseason, uh, so much we talk about trades and money and what free agents are making. And well, there's a lot of work going on in the community and charity work throughout the season, but particularly in the off season as well. You wrote a piece uh, recently kind of detailing some of the work players have done. Joe Maurer, Kyle Gibson front and center throughout the year as well. Just wondering if you could quickly summarize some of, some of the great work that Twins players and the organization is, is doing as a whole. It really is impressive. The Twins are definitely a team that's committed to the community, the Twins community fund is the biggest arm of that uh, fundraiser for the Twins. They do a ton of events throughout the year. Uh, Joe Maurer is a huge part of that, being a local guy, uh, with all of his you know community work he does, including with the Gillette Children's Hospital. Uh, he was named the Twins' Roberto Clemente uh, Man of the Year Award uh, winner for the second straight year. Um, but even the younger guys get into it, too. Brian Dozier helped spark the, you know, some of the hurricane relief efforts, both in uh, Texas and Florida. You know, Kyle Gibson is big in Florida and, and in Minnesota with his charity work. And he's going to be honored at the Diamond Awards. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, too, for his work in Venezuela. And all the guys in Puerto Rico, from, you know, Jose Barrios to Vargas. Teddy Rosario did a lot of work with, uh, you know, hurricane relief in Puerto Rico. 
there's just a lot of guys. Pretty much any guy on that team you can think of uh, has probably has a foundation. Glenn Perkins, I know he's a free agent now, but he's a Minnesotan. He's a ton locally as well. Um, and even Paul Molitor is very, very involved. And the new front office, I think now they're kind of getting into it more. You know, in their first season here, getting kind of entrenched in the community. So, and we'll have a, t- a ton more going. You know, the Twins have this Twins Fest coming up. And, you know, the Twins annual caravan throughout the upper Midwest. And you've got, uh, uh, you know, the Diamond Awards coming up, too. So it happens all off-season. Even when uh, the weather turns bad, there's still going to be a lot of charity work going on and players out there in the community. Um, but especially in the summertime, once the players are, are out there in Minnesota, it's just a lot of events going on all the time, even during the season, to, to raise awareness and raise money uh, for people in the community. Absolutely right. Yeah, well said. And sometimes people forget about all that going on. So it's nice to have those articles like you wrote as well about that. Red, thanks as always very much for the time and uh, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. That was Red Bollinger and I'm Darwin Zook. Thanks for tuning in on MLB.com Extras. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team.